0: You know, I don't like buyers coming out to the site.
1: Yeah, hey, Mac. Sorry, I'm just, um... Um, uh, we're just looking for that couple with the green pickup. Turquoise. You got a little something. (laughs) Ah, they haven't been around for a few weeks.
0: What'd they do? Nothing.
1: Just a little misunderstanding we gotta get sorted out.
0: They took my pig. What kind of pig?
1: Retro hello and welcome, welcome and hello, this is Wait You Haven't Seen, it's a show where we talk about movies, and specifically a movie at least one of us has never seen before. Uh, I'm your host Travis, aka TV's Travis, this is episode number 181, and it's also the final week of Palooza 2022. And joining me to wrap up our month-long, yearly celebration of the wonder that is Nicholas Cage, it is David Luzader. David, how are you?
0: Hello, hi. I'm. I'm happy to be here. Thanks for having me on. I know. Um, you know, we're all going to miss those discounts uh, that we get during Cajapalooza. Uh, yeah,
1: all the all the Cajapalooza sales that go on. Yeah,
0: that. Yeah, always <laughs> great deals. Great deals every. Excellent year.
1: deals. Uh, so from the clip if you didn't figure it out yet, our movie this week is 2021's Pig. And uh, first, what I want to know is, what did you know of this movie? What was your sort of background with it prior to seeing it for this?
0: Uh, Nicolas Cage has a truffle pig that gets taken from him, and he tries to get it back. Yep. That's all I knew. Okay. Uh,
1: Pretty much the same for me. I had heard it... Described as John Wick with a pig, um, <laughs> by some people. Uh, which look, it's
0: not. It's not that at all. Nope not not at all. Um, I was I was wondering if that's what it was going to be, but nope.
1: Yeah, like it, the the correlation between those two movies is literally uh, Nick Cage has a pet pig, and the pig gets taken from him, and that's it. The re- like, there's nothing else similar about these two movies, really. Uh, other than I guess. Nope. You know, both of them being kind of savants in their whatever field they were in. Yeah, sure. sure. <laughs> um, but that's a loose connection at best. So this movie I had heard of and I'd heard good things about. Um, and when w- we had talked previously and I remember this movie coming up as like something we ought to we ought to watch. So um, I'll just ask straight out. What did you think of it as a movie? Just sitting down watching it as a movie going experience or a movie watching experience.
0: Um, it was, di- it was different than I thought it was going to be in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it was a good movie. It's, it's interesting. Like there's people I would not recommend this movie to Cause I just don't think they would, um, like it. I don't know. I, I, I don't want to say I'm disappointed by the movie, but I think I was expecting a little bit more from it. Um, and a good, a good Nick Cage performance. I'm sure we'll, we'll talk about that. Um, but I I don't know. The movie itself, I was just kind of like, oh, okay. It's a little more low-key than I was expecting.
1: Yeah, the the way that it was kind of marketed, especially with all the pictures, you've got this grizzled-looking Nick Cage with like the, the big bushy beard, and he's kind of all beat up. And it gives you this idea that it's going to be more of a, I'm going to get my pig back by any means necessary. Uh, mm-hmm. And we've seen Cage do similar revenge-fueled movies in the past with things like uh, Drive Angry being one of them mm-hmm. uh, that comes to mind. It's not that movie at all. In fact, no. as you said, it's a very subdued. It's a very slow-moving movie. It's a very small movie. Um, yeah. And at the heart of it is Nicolas Cage and his performance. And I think that's that is the thing that for me... The performances of Nick Cage and Alan Arkin or Adam Arkin, sorry, not Alan Arkin, uh, Adam Arkin, and um, the chef in a scene we'll talk about in a little while. There isn't the Cage Rage kind of freak out that you're you're sort of waiting for the whole movie. Um, yeah, there's one moment I think where he where he steals the bike and he yells, uh, but the <laughs> right. it's like the <laughs> which did make me laugh quite a bit. But the rest oh, of the movie is very funny. He's just he's so. Uh, he's so, like, reserved, but it's really, for me, anyway, I found it to be a very powerful performance. Um, And, you know, I I mentioned how people had called it, like, John Wick with a pig. This actually has more, as much or more similarity with something like Mandy than it does with John Wick. I don't know if you saw Mandy or not.
0: Sure, yeah, I I have seen Mandy. I would say this is probably, you're right, it's probably closer to Mandy, though Mandy has... Well, Mandy's not John Wick like, but things sort of move in a very similar direction, shall sure. we say? Yeah, uh, yeah. And this is like he's not getting revenge. Most of this movie is him just asking people where his pig is. Yeah, and
1: and it's really more about like this guy and what happened to him, and and sort of like this little slice of this world that uh, in in restaurants that we don't really think of especially you know something like like high-end truffles um and sort of where those are sourced and how people get them and and what i liked was um he didn't like it was this thing where he was a renowned chef in portland um which it took me it took a little bit till the movie set us in portland uh but he's with this renowned chef in, in portland who just sort of disappeared one day um, and yep. we don't get any backstory as to exactly what happened, but we can kind of piece together, right? Like his wife died. In, yeah, yeah. In 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 so ways, something
0: happened. She died, and that that messed him up real big.
1: Yeah, and I feel like in some ways, part of him was like that chef that he runs into, and her death, mm-hmm. like. Uh, sort of forced him to really rethink some things I don't know maybe not maybe he wasn't like that at all or he was when he was really young it's really it, it's hard to say because the movie's kind of open to your interpretation of things um,
0: yeah it, but I, I will I will give I will give the movie the credit that it does a pretty good job of doing some storytelling without being super in your face about it mm-hmm. like uh, yeah, the whole thing with her doesn't it it talks about it enough that you get it but it doesn't ever have him be like the reason this all happened is because my wife died and let me monologue for two minutes um like when he first when he goes to the diner early on and is like oh does uh whoever still work here and the woman's like no she's been dead for 10 years like that's a pretty good like oh okay so he hasn't really been in society for about 10 years like there's there is some good storytelling that happens here
1: yeah. Yeah, and and it takes its audience uh it, it gives its audience a lot of credit to sort of fill those things in themselves and kind of interpret that, which I appreciate uh as a viewer. Um and Cage in this movie is there's equal parts of him being um like uh the beginning of it he barely talks um and he talks more to the pig than he does to Amir when Amir comes to get the truffles from him for the first time. And mm-hmm. and again, like that part of the movie I'm watching and I'm thinking, "Okay, now I can kind of see where we're going. I'm sort of prepared for what the movie's going to be." And then it it subverts that expectation and it goes in a little different direction. And he's not like he is a hermit. He does live off in the in the woods on his own, but but it's not entirely who he is. Like he still has memories of his old life. And I don't know, there was something just really human about Nick's Nick Cage's performance in this as this guy who he lost things, but he also like self-imposed lost a lot.
0: Right. Yeah. It's whatever happened. He then himself, it was not like, oh, he lost his game. uh He's no longer the amazing chef that everybody thought he was like, mm-hmm. he's still an amazing chef. And then his wife died and he got real sad. And so he stopped cooking. And yep. now he lives out in the woods and hunts for truffles. Um, yeah, it's you know, it's. I will say that the the movie is fairly straightforward in all ways except for the one weird underground. <laughs> It's supposed to be a fighting pit, but it looks like people just, just get punched in the face.
1: So I figured out what that is. what What's going on there is the guy when he first goes into Portland and he takes that uh, plate of food from one of the food trucks, whatever it was, looked like maybe some fries uh-huh. or something. Kind of takes it like a peace offering to that guy in the tent. Uh huh. That guy ran an underground ring where where restaurant workers could pay money to beat on chefs.
0: Gotcha. Okay.
1: Which is why his name held such high regard there. That's what that whole scene... And that was the scene, uh, the first one, where he goes to the tent and he talks to the guy. That was the first moment where I'm like, ooh, this is a lot like Mandy. Because this felt like a scene that was in that movie, right? Where it's like this weird, esoteric moment where this person is saying things. And like it doesn't make sense to anybody except the character of
0: Rob right? in that moment. Yeah, that... That that also gave it the the slightest of John Wick vibes, mm-hmm. right? So there's this whole kind of world underneath the world, but then there's yep. like no more of that at any point. It's just like this, yeah. yeah, this strange place where restaurant workers can punch chefs for a little bit. And that's <laughs> that's it.
1: Yeah, and it was sort of like him. He had to endure that in order to sort of prove that he that his name still did carry weight enough for yeah, that guy he's to talk. Yeah, still
0: Rob him. Feld.
1: Right. Yep. So that was it was simultaneously like really weird and also really cool and it it sort of just f- it fit in the moments. It's the most out of place part of the movie. Yes. But at the same time when you when you start to look at the movie as a whole and you realize like our villain is literally just a guy who sells truffles, but he's somehow right. like a a truffle kingpin. Um Right. Like it, it's sort of the then the punching chefs in the underground kind of fits in there just a little bit better. Um, but, yeah, it is this kind of strange, strange universe that this movie takes place in um, in Portland. But I, I kind of dug that, too. Like I liked how it was just weird enough and they but they also didn't have to over explain it. Sure.
0: Um, yeah. Yeah, it, it it was just it was very like out of left field. Like we're digging into this underground, <laughs> uh, like literally underground, some sort of fighting ring, and I, I just kind of th- thought there was going to be another something of that, um, and there wasn't. And that just like it, in retrospect, looking back at it, it's like. Well, that was so weird. That was so <laughs> strange. I mean, the movie was so in so many ways not what I, and then, like not in a bad way. Mm-hmm. I don't want to make it sound like I'm really judging it and it like it it sucks for that. It was just like very unexpected, and then to never have kind of it, that be revisited or anything like that really brought up again, except for the fact that he is bloody for the rest of the movie.
1: Yeah, um, and like it starts from the scene where the pig gets taken, where he gets hit with the pipe. And he's bloody from that, mm-hmm. and it just keeps compounding. And it's like he never, he never cleans that off, and it's sort of, it's sort of his internal wounding made right. manifest on his outside. Uh, and it's not till the end of the movie that he cleans himself up in the river. Mm-hmm. And that which is, you know, also he's sort of allowing himself to heal from whatever had happened to him in the past. So right, it's, it's all it's, metaphorical. Yeah, and it's this interesting, like. Journey where he's he is remembering his former life while also dealing with whatever pain he was going through, but we don't have to have it, like, spelled out for us. It's just sort of mm-hmm. we understand that that's happening. Um, that last scene Every- of the diner was really cool. Go ahead.
0: I was going to say, everyone's just very angry at him for, for leaving, but it's not like he, like, didn't seem like he burned a lot of bridges, but a lot of people seem very hurt about the fact that he just kind of, like, up and walked away.
1: Yeah, it's very much like he was, a, I mean, the way the movie deifies him as a chef, right? Where uh-huh. Amir's parents, literally, that was the best moment of their, that, their entire yeah, marriage. That
0: was, that was interesting. Um, um, it's a it's a very self-contained little world. That There's just like a little funny kind of bit. Like, the only time my parents were happy in all their years of marriage is when they went to your restaurant
1: yeah what was cool about that was the fact that like he didn't know who who this guy was prior to the whole fight club uh, moment and mm-hmm. that name is what made him realize who this guy is um, which I thought was was an interesting way to reveal that. yeah um, but what then we have like the next day where we have my favorite hands down favorite scene and moment in the movie and that's in the restaurant when they go. And they, um, they sit down and you've got, I don't know if you've ever had eaten at a restaurant like this one where the, where the waitstaff comes out and they literally like give you a story about whatever it is you're about to eat.
0: No, no. And I I immediately was like, this sounds awful uh, to be (laughs) part of.
1: It's like that, it's that haute cuisine where, and, and what I liked was the, the idea of the restaurant was to deconstruct things and then. Robin literally deconstructs the chef right there at the table um, and breaks him down, which that's that whole scene. That whole conversation is really interestingly done because that actor is giving away so much without saying hardly anything. Mm -hmm. And uh, and you're just watching him unravel. And it's like that's the moment you can think of where, you know, you might get that cage moment, right? That that sort of freak out uh, type of or like this really long, I don't know, something. And you get this speech from him, but it's so subdued and it's it's just like, well, what is it you want to do? You know, what like why are you a chef basically is what he kept asking this guy and he broke him down in mm-hmm. – very, very interesting way. I just, I liked that scene a lot. I liked Cage. It had the that great one-liner, if we don't have a lot of things to care about or we don't get a lot of things to care about. And we're still at this point, like, all he wants is his pig back. That's it. Right. And we find out that this guy was involved in some way without, like, Nick, Nick uh, or Robin never even, like, straight up accuses him. He's just like, where's my pig? And the guy's like, I, I, I I didn't have anything to do with that. I don't know what you're talking about. And like, where's my pig? Oh, he, he, you don't want to get this guy angry. And, and it's like the reveal that it's Amir's father who we've been, you know, it's been touched on. Um, I just, that, that scene was the pivotal one for me. It feels like that was the, the, the first scene written and they kind of built Mm -hmm. things around that.
0: Yeah, no, it's, it's a, it's a very good scene. It's, uh. I guess it's kind of the thesis of the movie in a way like, yeah, this was really, this was written by somebody I feel like who worked in a lot of kitchens, um, or worked in a lot of restaurants and heard a lot of people saying a lot of things that, uh, sounded super important Mm
1: -hmm. inside
0: of a restaurant, but like really are kind of ridiculous. Like when I heard the person being like, it's sitting on a foam, I'm like, "Mm, okay, (laughs) like, sure, sure. That's what I, that's what I'm hungry for right now is some foam. Uh, thanks. Sounds delicious. Well, and for, uh, for that
1: chef to come out and then, and then he recognizes Robin because of the name. Right. So then he sits down and he's talking to him. He's like, you, you know, I, I also worked for for him for two months. Yeah. Yeah. But when he says like, yeah, you probably don't remember I worked for you. And, and immediately Robin's like, oh yeah, you worked for me for two months and I fired you because you overcooked the pasta. Yeah.
0: This, the. They don't emphasize the fact that Robin has the best memory. I think it's, I'm pretty sure he's a mutant of some kind. <laughs> he has to be. He seems to be able to remember everything uh, exactly.
1: Yeah, and uh, and then for him to like go at this chef who is using all of the haute cuisine kind of talking points, right? Like, well, it's super exciting, and he's like, "Oh, exciting!" But what is it you want to do? And right.
0: like, yeah, it's cutting he, edge.
1: Yeah, and and what I thought was kind of cool about that was like he had seen in this guy however many years 15 years earlier or whatever it was what he wanted to do and he was bringing that back on him because he's seeing him in this successful restaurant which by the way had a greek name and i gotta find the um i'll find the trivia that talked about it but there was like there was a cool thing they a cool play they did on the names of cage's restaurant and this guy's restaurant No. Um, I'll see if I can find that, but um, yeah, I just, that, that scene to me was like, like you said, it was the thesis of the movie. It was the, the crux um, because that has to work or the rest of the movie just doesn't. Um, Then the other one being the final uh, breakdown with Adam Arkin, which by the way, uh, I saw Adam Arkin's name come up in the opening credits and then he doesn't show up for like an hour into the movie. So I'm like, okay, so, so he's the bad guy. Um,
0: (laughs) But yeah, that stands to reason.
1: Tell tell me this: Is there anybody that can play that character that Adam Arkin is playing better than him? What is it about Adam Arkin? I don't know how familiar I are with him, but what is it with him in like his delivery where it just you just want to slap him?
0: Yeah, I'm trying to. I don't know Adam Arkin um, all that well. I'm looking at the stuff that he's done, and it's TV shows I've meant to watch um, but have not, unfortunately. Not, not to say that's all he's done, but like that mm-hmm. seems to be where kind of I come to have my appreciation. Um, yeah, no, he's good. He's good. I mean, he you know he plays the the business asshole without having to play uh, too over the top with it. Um,
1: no, although he gets yeah. to go more so, over the top than Cage does, which you know normally yeah,
0: when he when he when he breaks down after eating the dinner,
1: which that was very much a uh did that feel like a nod to ratatouille to you a little bit like i mean
0: that isn't the whole movie in a way
1: it kind of yeah but like that that particular thing where he sits down and he has that exact meal and it makes him remember that that moment with his wife which there again is a subplot that like is barely touched on but it's also incredibly uh-huh. important to the movie which is this guy his wife is uh in a coma and being kept alive, but their, their son for all intents and purposes, like tells people that she's dead. Um, mm-hmm. and like th- there's a whole lot of that family dynamic going on. That's just like, wow, that, that's complex. And there's a lot to unpack in that. Um, yeah. we haven't really even talked about Amir a whole lot, which was the character that had probably the most change and growth in the movie.
0: And, and probably the most dialogue because he's playing against Cage, who for most of the movie says like one line every, you know, 10 minutes or so.
1: Yeah. Um, okay. So I did find this piece. So sh- uh, Chef Finway and Rob meet at the Hestia, which was Rob's restaurant. And Finway's new restaurant is called the Eurydice. Eurydice? Um, reference to the struggle shared by uh, every character in pig uh, either they can look backwards in despair at their lost passions or forward experience the terror that might be once gone or already gone forever uh because you, you uh eurydice and hestia were greek um i want to say deities or demigods uh kind of a contrasting mm-hmm. styles and when I read that, I was like, that's why those names sounded familiar, because I'm not super familiar with either in terms of Greek mythology, but the names sounded familiar enough. I was like, that's actually some moderately clever writing to kind of throw that in there, because it's really only mentioned in that one scene. Um, but it kind of shows the differences in sort of the, the chef's thinking of what they're doing. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I found that interesting.
0: Um, yeah, no, it's, it's it's a nice little, it's that higher level of thought you want filmmakers uh, to give, you know?
1: Yeah, now, here's an interesting thing for you. Uh, Michael Sarnoski, who co-wrote and directed this, this is his first feature film.
0: I saw that, yeah.
1: Um, he's working on uh, A Quiet Place Day One next, and he had done some shorts and a couple of TV series prior to this, but it's a pretty damn good debut.
0: Yeah. You know, I mean, obviously there was something to it that it got Nick Cage's attention.
1: Yeah, this feels like one of those... So, okay. I have said this throughout all of my reviews of Nicolas Cage movies, and this year especially. Nicolas Cage never does anything uh, halfway. Like, he doesn't phone it in, even when he's doing... uh, kind of going through a bit of a period where he was doing a lot of stuff that really felt like he was just doing it for a paycheck. He's still, Mm -hmm. like... He's always bringing something to it, um, whatever that might be. But I, I feel like he gets unfairly turned into nothing more than a meme when the guy's got acting ability.
0: Oh, yeah, absolutely. No, I mean, he's Nick Cage Academy Award winner, and he is uh, far more self-aware than I think people think that he is. Yes. Um, not, not to say that the guy hasn't uh, been a bit eccentric. Let's put it that way. Uh, he definitely has, but he also knows that he has been as eccentric in the past. Mm-hmm. Um, like I, I, I've probably told this story and it's not even one of my stories, um, but there's, uh, I was listening to an episode of how did this get made, which is another movie podcast. Sure. And they had on the directors of, um, what's uh, the ghostwriter ghostwriter Two with Nick cage. And okay. they like had some bit where it's like, Oh, and Nick cage is a Nick cage freak out. And Nick cage is like, but what, like, what do you want? Like, what do you want me to do? Because I've done this so many times, right? That, like, you know, I, I it's hard to do anything kind of new with this. So, like, he is aware, mm. you know, he's not just like, and I'm gonna go out there and like this character would go crazy. Like, no, he knows people kind of expect that of him. Um, so it's nice to have. You know, Mandy didn't have a big freak out scene, but there was that scene of him in the bathroom, uh, like pouring the vodka on himself to like kind of deal. And he was screaming and going wild. Um, It's nice to have like a movie where he's just he's not playing the meme, uh, which is also like a thing he does now with like that um, that other movie about him being himself.
1: Yeah, which Uh, I just did last week, uh, The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent.
0: yeah, I still, I still need to see that but that is just like playing into the meme right of I'm Nick Cage it and it is oh, but it
1: also isn't it's an interesting it's it's a more interesting movie than I think um, even it appears to be uh, oh, good it's good, it, it's I'm good it's definitely watching. worth it's definitely worth watching for sure um, yeah because there is uh-huh. there's that self-awareness uh, involved that he has But at the same time, like he also does these smaller emotional things. This Joe was another one that he did. um, That's really kind of personal and emotional. Um, He brings, he brings something. There's like a charisma to him in this, this intensity that he has that
0: he's, he's entertaining to watch, Mm -hmm. you know, he's someone when he's on screen, it's like, I want to see what Nick Cage is going to do.
1: Yeah, because you're never sure if you're going to get something subdued like this. Or I remember uh, one of my favorites is Bringing Out the Dead that he did, uh, the Martin Scorsese Mm -hmm. one, where for the most part, pretty subdued. He has a couple of crazy moments in it, but it's a really good performance. And then there's other times where he does like he could have very easily kind of kept riding the wave of sort of the big blockbuster movie stuff that he was doing in the 90s with the Bruckheimer type productions of like the rock and Con Air and face off because he was a box office draw. Um, uh-huh. and, but he didn't like, he didn't want to do that and he didn't want to keep doing just that. And so he would branch out and he would do other things and he would do like, honestly, eight millimeter was, uh, kind of a risky move to do at that time. Cause that came out in 98, 99, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I think even there's some of kind of his feelings on uh, sort of the movie industry in layers in this movie too, with the way that like, cause his, his character Robin in pig is kind of disillusioned by restaurant life in, in general with the way he breaks down that chef uh, and sort of makes fun of the, he's almost making fun of Hulk cuisine and like this idea mm-hmm. that this guy wanted to make a pub and that was his passion was to make a pub and pub food. And meanwhile, here's this guy in a fancy restaurant that is the furthest thing from pub food because it's the thing that will get investors. And it's not what he's passionate about. And it's like Cage, um, Nick Cage himself wants to do projects that he's passionate about while also sometimes just taking stuff for paychecks to do. Um, But he's always bringing something. And it feels like He's not doing these big blockbusters anymore because he sort of did that and he kind of, it almost feels like he doesn't want to. I don't know. I, it's, he's got an interesting career.
0: Yeah, no, he, he really does. He's run the gamut. I mean, you know, you, 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 can kind of break his career down into a number of phases, but also in all of those, there's kind of surprises. I mean, you know, go back to vampire's kiss. The guy's been doing crazy, weird roles since the late 80s early 90s uh and uh, what's the it's moon not moon moonstruck moonlight right moonstruck moonstruck yeah um he is insane in that role oh yeah he is so wild his character is like a one-handed baker (laughs) it's just it's he's been doing nuts stuff since the beginning but it's nick cage And so it's nice to then like now all these years later still have these movies where he's just playing. Uh, It's still an interesting character. It's still a little, you know, he remembers every meal he's ever cooked, every person he's ever served, which Mm -hmm. sure, sure, whatever. Um, But, you know, he's just, he's a guy that wants his pig and he just, he's sad about stuff that happened in his life. he just wants to go back and, and live his life. And, it's just nice that that's kind of, that's the character that we see. And yeah, like he could go crazy when he first meets Adam arkin and, and is, you know, like, give me my pig back. He could go crazy when he finds out the pig is dead. Spoiler alert. Uh, but he doesn't like he, you know, he breaks down and he cries. And then he's just kind of, he's realizing like, okay, I got to move on. And that like prompts him to start processing the other stuff in his yeah. life. And, but it's, yeah, it's all just like, it, it, you know, it's all in, in, subtle facial expressions and uh, quiet talking. Uh, And you know, it's, it's good. It's a good performance. And uh, I think this movie needed that performance because I think like if without that Robin character being rock solid, there's so much of this that I just wouldn't have uh, really like cared about.
1: Right. Like the elevator pitch for this movie, how this got any funding at all is baffling to me. Because the elevator pitches, guy who used to be a chef, now is a hermit out in the woods finding truffles, has his truffle pig stolen, and he goes back to town to find it. Mm -hmm. Like, how do you you get a producer to be like, that's brilliant, let's make it. I'll give you money to make this movie. But somehow, Michael uh, Sarnowski pulled that off. um, And he got Nicolas Cage interested in it enough to be in it. um, And...
0: And I, I. yeah, I think too these like takedowns of modern high end cuisine are are kind of in at the moment because there's another movie coming out um, called The Menu with okay, yeah. uh, Rafe Fines and uh, Nicholas Holt and Anya Taylor Joy, and it's you know it is a, a I'm pretty sure it's about cannibalism if you've seen the trailer. It's not super subtle in what it seems to be trying to be about, or like ruining rich people through like it, like there just seems to be something about like let's use high end cuisine as a commentary on the bourgeoisie.
1: Yeah. Um, It's, it's kind of, it's just, uh, it's one of those things because like chef, what, 10 years ago sort of brought that, that was like the, uh, the movie I can think of that really made sort of the restaurant scene really popular in movies Mm -hmm. was, was that. And this is sort of taking that wave that we've seen in this and cooking shows and, and those things and sort of, breaking it down again
0: yeah yeah i i I mean i think it's it's also an industry that is tied very heavily to hollywood because a lot of people have worked those jobs you know so you you write and you work off what you know
1: yeah that's very true um but you're right in that this movie doesn't work without a solid performance in there and it's hard for me to picture anyone else really playing robin the way that cage does because Mm. Typically, when you have a character who's very subdued like that and isn't uh, isn't like a, done by a character actor, um, you, you normally think of that as being somebody who's kind of like the neutral mask. Um, it's sort of Neo and right. the Matrix, where it's like mm-hmm. the audience can put themselves into that position. But that's not who Nicolas Cage is. Like, Nicolas Cage has never been the neutral mask. He's always Nicolas Cage in whatever he's doing. And he brings that here. And it's a, it's like I can't picture anyone else being Robin Feld,
0: right? Certainly, yeah. certainly not in
1: the way that he was. Um, and then to have like, so there's a couple of moments. There's that moment where uh, Amir is asking, him like, well, what, what the hell are we doing all this for, then? And he's like, I just want my pig back. I love her. Like mm-hmm. it wasn't, it wasn't some grand thing. Like John Wick went after the Russians because they killed his dog, and that dog was a. Uh, a symbol of his grief for his wife dying. And it was his Mm -hmm. like ability to grieve for her because it was a gift from her. The pig, Mm -hmm. we get no indication that this pig is in any way tied to his wife being gone and or having died. It's just, it was the pig he had and it was his pet and he loved that pig. He didn't even, he said he didn't even need the pig to find truffles. He could do that himself he just liked the pig he loved that pig and someone took it from him and that's he just wanted it back
0: yeah he just he was just living a, a simple life and his one companion in the world is this pig and someone took it and he wants it back
1: and they took it for as far as he knew absolutely zero reason uh mm-hmm. and so i liked that like it, it that was a subversion that i wasn't necessarily prepared for like again i was sort of some of it is setting myself up, right. Uh, from movies that I've seen before, but I was kind of setting up for like the moment where he reveals, yeah, it was, here's the X, Y, and Z reasons of why I want my pig back. He's just like, I just want my pig. And
0: right. then, yeah, it's just, yeah. Just yeah. My pig.
1: And then that moment in the diner at the end where he's sitting there and he's like, you know, if I had never come back into town, she would, the pig would still be alive in my head. Right. Yeah. Like if he had never gone after, her, uh, then in his head, the pig could still be like sort of a, a Schrodinger's cat situation. And Amir is like, yeah, but she wouldn't be.
0: Right, right. That is like, yeah, it doesn't change the fact.
1: And it's like that moment. And that's, that's the culmination of Robin realizing that he can move on from this. And if he can move on from this, he can move on from losing his wife as well. So we get that really touching moment where he finally listens to the tape that she made him uh at the very end singing the was it a bruce springsteen song i think
0: yeah yeah i think it was
1: um which was a beautiful song by the way like a, it was a gorgeous cover i didn't yeah uh, and so it's that it ends up being that journey for robin of figuring out that it's okay to let go of things of the grief that has happened in the past without forgetting it and you can continue on and yeah he had yeah, go ahead.
0: Yeah, he had he had transferred those emotions to the, to the pig in a way. Not to say that he had, you know, he's like, I'm out here in the woods, and this is my uh, pig wife, right? Um, but he <laughs> like, you know, it was this was the thing that he took care of and needed him, and so he still wasn't over the the death of his wife and still processing it. So like, there was some level of like, uh, this is the thing, you know, I couldn't take care of her and keep her alive, so I'm taking care of this pig and keeping it alive, and like. So you know that that like this is the thing that i care about most in the world and then it's gone and it says something you know there's nothing there's nothing like her there's nothing like this pig right he kept emphasizing the whole movie like i can't just go buy another pig right there's nothing like this pig in the world and so you know yeah through through everything or it's like probably part of why he was staying in the woods and not come back to portland is like if he's not in portland she's still alive right his wife in a way because like that's Mm -hmm. where they lived and so he now has to confront like yeah no you can't just pretend she's not gone you have to actually deal with the fact that she's gone
1: yeah yep that was that was the other and that's a great parallel uh where he's staying outside of Portland because of that and it's 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 another thing too where it's like as an audience and especially as somebody who has a dog let's say if the If the pet he had is a dog or a cat, we immediately latch on and we understand that it's just like he just wants his dog back. He just wants his cat back, whatever. Um, Mm -hmm. But like a pig, we don't think of like a pet. And so like your initial thought is it's more of a utility animal because he's it's a truffle pig. So he has the pig in order to find the truffles. Finding the truffles is his livelihood. That's why he wants the pig back. And it's so much simpler Mm -hmm. than that. And it's so much more human than that, which I, I did like. Um, and so for him to yeah. like reopen those wounds and then the metaphor of all of his facial wounds and all of that, which dude look rough, like the whole movie.
0: Yeah, um, there, there were times where it's like, he's walking into buildings. And I'm like, people would be concerned. Yeah. Like the, the, the child who's sitting on their back porch, who has a, a craze, like a homeless looking man, who is b- bloody in the face, just popping up. And the kid's like, hey, want to be friends? It's like, nah, dude, like you should probably run terrified.
1: Although uh, it's, at the same time, like I can totally see a kid doing that too. Just being like, hey, yeah. you seem.
0: Yeah. And I like, can see a parent seeing it. And being freaking out. Like, oh my oh God. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Get away from my child.
1: That was, I kept waiting for that to happen. I kept waiting for the parent to come outside and like see him there and none, nothing doesn't Doesn't happen at all. He just has the conversation with the kid and then we move on. Um, mm-hmm. Which, there was a lot of that in this movie, I feel like. There was a lot of like, moments where a scene would start and I'd be waiting for this inevitable outcome and then it didn't happen that way. Yeah. And the, the scene would go in a completely different direction.
0: Yeah. So the movie is only about an hour and a half, which like when I saw that starting up, I was like, cool, I'm glad we're still making an hour and a half movies, mm-hmm. you know, like not everything needs to be needs to be two hours. I think there could have been a little bit more meat on these bones, even at 90 minutes. I thought like there are some scenes they could have maybe beefed up a little bit more. Um, and I like, and I like a lot of, I like quieter moments in movies. I do. I think mm-hmm. they're, they're great, but I think like sometimes it's, it can also be like, all right, let's move on to the next thing a little bit.
1: Yeah. I did read that uh, the initial rough cut of the movie was like an hour longer. Which, that's oh, too long, geez. I think. Yeah, that's um, way too long. Like, uh, yeah, nearly one hour was cut from this movie. Its distributors thought it was too long. That is too long, but I could see it falling somewhere in that hour 45 to hour 50 range. Like, tack on another anywhere from 10 to 20 minutes. And you could you could find that without, not all of it in one spot, but like lengthen a little bit here, add something here. Yeah. I could see that happening. Um, mm-hmm. But it's a uh, it, it's an interestingly paced movie because it is an hour and a half long, but it feels longer than that, I think, because oh, of yeah. the slow pace. Um, and, and again, that sort of that subversion of your expectations scene after scene, I think helps or, or makes that happen, too, because the scenes feel longer because now you're like you're setting yourself up and then it doesn't go that way. And you don't really have time to process that before we're moving on to the next thing. And so now you're, you're getting yourself set back up for, okay, well, no, okay, so this is the direction they're going to go now. And then they don't. Like, every turn they made was a left. Um, right. But in a, well, in, and a, I think, in a good way.
0: Yeah, I think they, like, they set up my expectations for things to get real wild with the underground uh, <laughs> yeah. boxing ring. And then it's just like, oh, no, it's just a series of conversations <laughs> about who has his pig.
1: Yep, uh, and then you think like there's going to be some some sort of uh, like big shouting match or something the first time he meets up with uh, Amir's dad, and it just sort of mm. ends and he leaves. Yeah, uh, yeah, and then and then the like they set you up for like okay we're going to get my pig back, and it's gathering a grocery list to make him dinner. Right. Uh, right.
0: Yeah, I was wondering where that scene was going to go,
1: and. That seems great because he told him, like, I don't ever want to see you again, blah, 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 kicks him out of the house, and he comes, they sneak back in, make dinner, and when Amir goes to his dad's office and he's like, Dad, we made you dinner, dad doesn't even look up from the table It's just like, you can leave now. Mm -hmm. He just treated his own son with such contempt. Um, Yeah. And Amir was a character who, boy, they make you not like him at the beginning of the movie. Like, he's just an ass at the start of the movie. And and really for like a good probably first third to half of the movie, he's like that. Um, mm-hmm. And you sort of – you end up coming around and you realize kind of what he's going through uh, personally and he starts to grow a little bit and he starts to see not only – because it's one thing for him to see Robin, like, find out who, who Rob is, right? It's Robin Fell. It's the chef that uh, his parents hold in such high esteem for what he did and all this kind of stuff. That would be the the real tropey way for him to kind of come around. And he sort of does, but it becomes more than that. Like, he starts to really see what Rob is going through. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and I, I appreciated that uh quite a bit. I thought that was a really good performance too.
0: Yeah, no, I, I thought I thought he was good. Um I, I thought he was going to be a very minor character who kind of disappears very early on, but then he's with us throughout the entire movie. Um I thought yeah, it's uh I I guess like it's a it's a good like good contrast to his character. You know, the, the, Nick cage character, he's very chatty Mm -hmm. throughout the movie, um, to kind of fill in those silences, but like they get to kind of grow, you get uh, with him and see his heart a bit, um, as time goes on. And I thought, uh, in ways I'm glad that we had a character like that because the Nick cage character was so, uh, Rob was so subdued, so quiet that like his transformation is, Throughout the film and takes place kind of at the end, but to have a character that you know you—it's not—it wasn't just about Rob, and I guess like that kind of helps um, give more to the movie. It's like, and I, I really kind of was feeling for Amir and uh, Nick Cage is right. here your his dad is horrible. His dad's bad, mm-hmm. but he's trying to live in the shadow of him. It felt like there wasn't really a ton of resolution to that. Um,
1: there, but
0: I guess yeah, you know it's like, not always neat and easy
1: no and that sort of felt real to me like that felt like an actual family dynamic because there isn't a resolution to what's going on with his father but there's also like at the end of the movie Rob is taking the steps forward to sort of come out of his grief and live a life and move forward whereas Amir is coming to grips with who his father actually is in relation to him And who he is and who he's trying to be. And it sort of mirrors that whole idea of like when uh, when Rob breaks down the chef and is like, well, what what kind of food do you want to make? And it's sort of because when you when we meet Rob, he's got his Camaro and it's this shiny, gaudy. That was the funny thing. When he pulled up in the car, I'm like a Camaro way the hell out here. So obviously there's roads. Right. Okay. Um, but he's got this just like flashy car and he's wearing a suit and he's just, he's the fast talking guy. And it makes sense for his job that he would be very chatty and very smooth talking or very fast talking. Um, mm-hmm. But he's also like, he's listening to people talking about classical music and how important it is. Right. And these right. things where it's it feels like that kind of thing where he's doing that because he feel he thinks that's what he needs to listen to. It's maybe not necessarily his dad. Yeah. Like it's not, it's not his music. It's not his, he's not passionate about that, but it's what he thinks he's supposed to. So he's really putting that on. Um, Mm -hmm. which is why that scene at the end, after Rob leaves and says, you know, I'm going to walk home and he gets back in Mm. his car starts it up, the music start, the, the audio starts playing and he shuts off the audio and he ends up just sli- like curling up to sleep in his car. And yeah. there's the, I don't know exactly what's going on there. Like I have questions about it, but at the same time I can see where he's trying to figure some things out about himself and yeah. what he really wants. And so, mm. whereas Rob's transformation and growth throughout the movie is very subtle and very subdued and, um, and all of that Amir is like, everything's on his sleeve. Everything is out in the open. Hmm. And plus that swerve of him breaking down and telling Rob the, the whole thing about his mother and, and then telling him that, you know, his mother had committed suicide without really giving us any context for that. And then to find out, no, that was the story he would tell because the, the truth was much harder for him that his father was keeping her alive in an, a, in a coma basically um yeah and not allowing her to succumb to whatever whatever mystery illness or affliction she has which we don't even really learn
0: yeah yeah and that's again like i'm kind of glad like i don't need them to be like oh and this is exactly what happened like yeah was there an accident and she's stuck like this was it a disease and she's stuck like this like all that stuff's ambiguous but like you know to uh, to amir it's she's as good as dead, yep. right? Cause he won't even go to see her. He's still like kind of to go, goes and kind of, kind of visits her, her door, which is kind of like, you know, visiting the gravestone I kind of feel like, but he yeah. can't actually like front that. So he also has stuff he has not uh, let go.
1: Yep, Yeah. And it feels like he's, he is on the path to being able to let some of those things go and maybe get out from under his father's shadow by the end of the movie. Um, mm-hmm. Because clearly yeah. he's good at what he does too. I mean, he was selling truffles to other restaurants. Um, and whether or not that was like his dad just allowing that to happen, we were sort of led to believe maybe it is. But but at the same time, like he's clearly got some ability. Uh, he's He's gregarious and he's friendly. People kind of like him. I mean, he walks up that clip I played at the beginning. That woman, her first thing is like, I don't like buyers coming out to the site, but she doesn't kick him out immediately. She lets him have his... You know say his piece so he's obviously got a good rapport with people
0: right yeah he's you know he's he's trying and the and the dad even admits like he thought his son was going to fail entirely mm-hmm. but he hasn't but he's still like yeah but he's still not good enough you know oh just that
1: that whole dad character you just want to punch him in the face the whole time <laughs> there's something yep. about and it's something about adam arkin can can portray that so well i don't know what it is um alec wolf i think is who played amir Uh, I think is his name. He, I, this first thing, Alex Alex Wolf. Wolf, sorry. Uh, This first thing I've ever seen him in, um, I thought he was good. Uh,
0: Yeah, I'm looking, I haven't seen him. I haven't seen Old, I haven't seen uh, Hereditary.
1: Oh, he was Uh, in Hereditary. I haven't seen that.
0: Yeah. Uh, But yeah, nothing I had seen. Um, But yeah, I liked him. I liked him. He played, I, I, he annoyed me at first. I didn't like his character at first. I'm oh, like, no. oh no, okay. He's just he's playing the character well. He it's that it's, you know, the suit and the glasses and the slicked back hair. I'm like, I don't like this guy.
1: No, not at all. Like and his first interaction with Rob is great because he comes up and he's trying to chat him up. And you can tell like this is what he does every time, every week, and it goes exactly the same way where he tries to chat him up and Rob just doesn't say a word and walks away. And I just kept waiting for the, like, okay, thanks. Good talk. And sure enough, that's exactly right. what he said as he's leaving.
0: <laughs> yeah. But um, then, like, but then he admits, like, you know, I'm the only person you have in your life. Like, you're going to die out there and I'm going to find you.
1: Yeah. And he goes through all those steps. Like, he goes through getting angry with him and then pleading with him to to figure out what's going on. And finally, like, it was a good emotional range out of Alex Wolf as Amir throughout the movie, I thought. Um,
0: mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the movie... Also, needed him as much as the movie needed Nick Cage, I think. Yes.
1: Yeah. Again, it's it's Nick Cage, Alex Wolf, and Adam Arkin. They're the ones that, they're the three pillars that hold this movie up. Without all three of them really playing the roles that they're given the way that they do, I, it just doesn't work because it's not going to be memorable. Um, because, like you said, it's just a bunch of conversations of this guy looking for his pig. Right. Is, right. is what exactly. the movie is, um, which yeah. is not what. You sort of when you start the movie, you don't think that's the direction it's going to go in. I kind of like that it did because it wasn't what I was expecting. Um, but it's it's all carried by those three, and if those three aren't hitting on all cylinders, then it just all falls apart on its own its own weight.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, yeah, I I find this to be a fascinating movie. Uh, I'm really curious to see what. Um, uh, what the director does next with his, a quiet place day one or whatever it's called. Um, year one, maybe I, I lost it, who knows? Uh, but Michael Sarnowski, Sarnowski, um, pretty young kid. And, uh, I think he's got a bright future. This, this feels like somebody who, who has the potential to have a really good career. Uh, as long as he doesn't fall into say like the M night Shyamalan trap where his first movie gets really well reviewed, and it's kind of a sleeper it's this pig is nowhere near the hit that the sixth sense was uh, like oh, commercially no, not even close. but like it in terms of film circles, it's gotten a lot of good praise and I think it has like a 96 percent on Rotten tomatoes like it's yeah no um, it,
0: yeah and people I remember people talking about it when it first was coming out
1: yeah so'm I'm, I'm really hoping that uh, that he can turn that into something uh, viable going forward because it feels like he has. Some interesting ideas and interesting ways to sort of weave layers into his scripts and and on top of that, the visual style between his directing and the director of photography, I thought was also pretty pretty cool. It had a very muted color palette um mm-hmm. which good or bad um I think it fits this movie and sort of the the uh type of feeling we had from all the characters. Uh, during the movie. So all the colors being very muted and very subdued made sense. Yeah. Uh, a Quiet Place day one or part three. So the third A Quiet Place
0: is what he's working sure, on. Now. Sure. But of course it's a prequel. Yeah. You can't see me rolling my eyes, people, but I am.
1: <laughs> yeah. I, I have a love hate relationship with prequels. I don't, I don't hate them in on their face, but they got to be good to work. And unfortunately yep. many of them don't. Nope. Um so we'll see on that. But uh but I think he's I think he's got a decent career ahead of him. Um and for, you know, for a Nick Cage movie, this is one of the better ones that I've seen recently. And I've seen some pretty good ones. I I watched Unbearable Weight. Um Moonstruck is a fantastic movie if you haven't seen it uh before. Have, yes. It's like you said, it, it's Nick Cage going, you know, full Nick Cage in there. Um as the the one-handed baker, but uh, but pff, boy, that's a good movie. Um, but this this one, for me, ranks pretty high in terms of Nicolas Cage movies. It's one that I want to watch again to kind of try and sort of dissect even more and kind of pay attention to some of the background stuff and some of, like, the layered things and sort of how the, the conversations fit together. I don't know. I had my brain really turning today um, of, like, oh, yeah, man, I, 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 I want to know more. I want to, like, dive into it even more.
0: Yeah, it's, I mean, it's a, it's a good movie. I think it's one that I probably will uh, see again at some point, will watch. I don't know when. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, I liked it. Yeah. It's a good movie.
1: Um, I had a couple. It, it's funny. For a Nick Cage movie, it is not a clippable movie. It's not like.
0: Yeah, no, it's not. It's not
1: Vampire's Kiss, where I could just have pages right. and pages of great clips from that. But I did have a couple that uh, that I had to get. Yeah. Um, this one was uh, when they're first going into the one restaurant, and like Amir is walking up, and he goes, "Oh no, I can't." He turns around, and, like walks away, like I can't be seen because he knew the guy that was coming out. Um, and when it finally, uh, the guy won't let Nick Cage in. But when they're going in the back door of that restaurant, and uh, I just love this exchange when they, they he lets him in anyway. Or just, just whatever, man. He's Buddhist. Just, I don't care.
0: I don't. I don't yeah, care. Like, yeah. Because, yeah, I mean, Nick, he he's, he had to like. I, not enough people were reacting to his smell. Is all no, i can say.
1: That is true. That is the one thing I kept waiting for somebody to say something about the smell. The closest we get is the. Do you want one of those camp showers?
0: Right. Yeah. At the very beginning, <laughs> which yeah.
1: was the subtle way of being like, dude, you reek. Um, right. But yeah, I just the that that scene in that alley, like, any anyone you know who has worked in a restaurant has that same like just. Browbeat yeah. attitude of like, I, whatever, I don't care. Just do yeah, the I thing. Like, just, yeah, I don't
0: care. Just yeah. I'm not They're paid not enough to, me to care yeah. about this.
1: I'm having a smoke break. Just go. Um, yeah. So that was great. Uh, this was let's see, care about. Oh, this was the line. Um, we don't get a lot of things to really care about. I like that good because line. Yeah, that's good line, that's good delivery. Mm-hmm. And this is prior to us knowing his real reason behind why he wanted the pig back, just loving the pig as a pet and like a family member. Um, mm-hmm. And so that whole idea of like, we don't cause we don't, we don't get a lot of things to care about and yeah, it's important to care about the things that you do. So I liked that. Yeah. 100%. Uh, f- from that same scene, whenever there is uh like really forced or fake laughter, I have to capture it. And this was, this is honestly one of the more, one of my more favorites. Uh, Was the chef when he? This is right after because he, when he asks him, "What was your signature dish going to be?" And he, with before that sentence is even fully out of Cage's mouth, he's answering with the whatever scot liver scotch eggs. Yeah, something like that. And then that nervous breaking laughter that he had after that was great, and that sounded like this. (laughs) That is a broken man. (laughs) He is. Yep. He has realized what what he is doing is not what he cares about at all, and uh, and that was after this the stammer, uh, which I also captured, which was even better. Where because uh, Cage is like, "But is this the kind of cooking you like?" Uh, didn't you want to open a pub? And he's just like,
0: "I, I, I, I don't know that I, I really wanted. Uh, I mean, it's was, it was such a long time ago."
1: He 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 made so much noise and said nothing. Yeah, <laughs> it was it was so good that that actor uh, was just like he killed it in that scene, and it it was both heartbreaking and hilarious.
0: Yeah, so. um, yeah, no, it was it, yeah, it was it was a good scene, and like you said, like that guy, yeah, he was the second that he realized who Nick Cage was, was kind of on the defensive a yep. little bit, and yeah, some of those uh, those voice ticks of his <laughs> uh, really we're telling.
1: And it was like the moment, the minute he figured out who he was, was one level of that. But then it got kicked to another level when Kate, when, when Rob revealed that he remembered this guy. So now, Mm -hmm. now you've got that. And just like, it just kept getting, it just kept ratcheting up more and more. And so his nervousness was just, it was like, he said so much without saying words and his facial expressions were priceless. So I really, really yeah. enjoyed that. Those are the, those are the only clips from the movie. But I, I feel like those were pretty fun. Um, I just, I think this is a good movie. I think people should see it. Um, and now yeah. you, you had mentioned at the beginning that you feel like there are definitely people that wouldn't like this movie. And I can see, I can see that.
0: Or, too. or like it would have different expectations for mm-hmm. it. Uh, I just, I, I you know, because like, I thought it was going to be a little bit of a wilder Nick Cage role. It's like, Oh no, it's, it's not. It's, you know, it's him being, and I know some people that would absolutely love that, but there's also some people too, that would probably not, not give it the, uh, what it needs because they're expecting wild Nick Cage.
1: Yeah. And, and not only do you not get wild Nick Cage, but it's a movie that really doesn't, it doesn't go anywhere. And, and, mm-hmm it's a weird way to say that, but like everything that's happening is happening internally. It's internally for the character of Rob. It's internally for the character of Amir. And it's not a movie that has like a plot that, that really matters. It's a character study is what it is. Yeah. So yeah, I definitely know, I have friends of mine that um, I wouldn't recommend just running out to see this just as a, like a movie movie because it's not going to be what they're expecting. Um mm-hmm. and some of that again is that that whole idea of like people equating it to John Wick with a pig and it's just not
0: that. It's it's Yeah, it's not what it is. No.
1: Yeah, it's very it's a very different type of movie. Um but it's really good. So if you do enjoy uh character studies or you just you just want to sit down and have kind of a quiet um subdued movie where some people work through some emotions. This is definitely a movie to watch.
0: (laughs) Yeah. No, 100%.
1: And sometimes you need that. Like, sometimes I I want, I appreciate a movie that does that because I do, uh, I don't always want that. I sometimes just want to shut my brain off and watch things explode and and jump around on screen.
0: Sure, and sometimes you want Nick Cage being Nick Cage, you know? You want him screaming, you want him doing wild stuff.
1: Yeah, you want Nick Cage trying to turn into a cartoon character. You sometimes just do Um, yeah you do and then other times like i i do appreciate a movie like this which can give me questions and can give me some emotional responses that i'm just not ready for uh that's the beauty of filmmaking as an art form is that it can take all these different forms whether it's uh vampire's kiss or pig and they can be the same guy can be in both
0: yeah and they're good for different reasons exactly yes
1: um, thank you, David, for being here this week. This was a, a great conversation and a lot of fun on a movie that, uh, I'm glad I got to see finally. And I'm glad that you got to see as well.
0: Yeah, no, I, I, I mean, I'm glad that I find it's, it's been on my list forever. I'm glad you gave me the opportunity. Cause it's one of those things where it's like, I have so much other stuff to watch that I'm just <laughs> probably not going to sit down and watch it. And so when it's like, Hey, you have to watch this. I'm like, okay, all right. I'll, I'll, I'll get the time.
1: Yeah. Sometimes you know, we just I'm, need
0: that. Yeah. You know, there's a million things to watch out there.
1: Oh, boy. Tell me about it. Uh, I was having a conversation with some some people earlier today, and they were naming off four or five things. I'm like, I don't have the hours in the week to watch any of those. But yeah. uh, I it's like, I'll put it on the list. It's just going to have to go down on the list a little ways.
0: Right. Exactly. And that's where I am for a billion different things.
1: <laughs> yep, Yeah. And, you know, on top of uh, just, just everything, like different shows, different projects, work, whatever, you know. Uh mm-hmm. just washing things just for the fun of it, um, sometimes. So speaking of projects, do you have anything you want to tell people about?
0: Oh, I mean, this is kind of a wild time for me right now. I'm not doing <laughs> as much podcasting as I would like to, um, at the time. People can still uh catch all the stuff I've done is out there. Um, hit me one more time is it's it's on a hiatus it uh you know figuring figuring it out um but you can still also catch movie go around which is coming out pretty regularly um and you know i'm around davla's d-a-v-l-u-z twitter and instagram um school's starting back up so i'm you know i'm, I'm real busy at the, this time of the year but hopefully to ra- hoping to ramp up with some stuff um a little bit later as the uh you know i as the year becomes not less hectic but i Get into my groove a lot more,
1: <laughs> right? You can you can uh, sort of uh, anticipate the hectic a little bit better. Exactly. Excellent. Well, yeah, definitely. If you haven't, uh, if you're listening to this show and you haven't checked out either, hit me one more time or Movie Go Round. You should. Movie Go Round is a great movie podcast. it's um, oh, Definitely worth checking out. And hit me one more time is fun. Uh, much like those were the days that I do about classic just just television. It's great to go back and revisit some of those old things and see are they any good or not? Cause some of them are. Mm-hmm. And as we find on those were the days, some of them aren't,
0: some of them are not. <laughs> some of them it's not good. No.
1: Um, but thank you so much for being here. Uh, it's always a pleasure to have you on and, um, good luck with uh, the school year coming up.
0: Well, thank you. Uh, thank you very much. Thank you for having me on. I'm, I'm glad I could be here.
1: Absolutely. We are welcome back anytime. Um, so uh, if you want to hang out and watch the show get recorded live, you can do that Sunday nights, 8 p.m. Eastern Time um, at twitch.tv slash TV's Travis. And uh, the show comes out as a podcast on Wednesdays uh, at TV's or anywhere you get your podcasts. Uh, just search for Wait You Haven't Seen. I'm also now putting the live streamed uh, the recordings of the live stream up on YouTube. Um, so as I if I can get to enough uh, subscriptions, then I will be able to get a vanity URL that I can, I can say, but for now, if you search for weight, you haven't seen or TVs, Travis on YouTube, you can find them uh, on there. full, full episodes. There's, it's only going back a few. Cause I only had a few of them uh, archived, but uh, finally putting some stuff up on YouTube. So keep an eye out for that as well. Um, so thank you once again, David, for being on next week's movie is going to be a bit of a surprise. So you'll just have to pay attention to, uh, twitter uh, at tv's travis this week um i will let you know who my guest is and what movie we're watching so until next time just remember that uh there's only one nicholas cage and we're all better for having him around there's been a wait you haven't seen
0: fucking moving to seattle fuck seattle diamond club hopes you have enjoyed this broker <laughs>